Hello and welcome to Be a B2B Leader. I'm your host Felician and I'm a marketing manager who wants to learn more about business, marketing and leadership. Today my guest is Armin Zadakbar, the president at European Web3 Organization and CEO at the Armin Bar, a boutique digital agency. In this episode, you will learn from Armin the role of Web3 in today's businesses. So let's get started. Hi Armin and welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Hi. So, Armin, let's dive straight into the topic. Please tell me and the audience, what is Web3 actually? Because <laughs> many people talk about it, but not everyone understands it. So, the easiest way I can explain that is to just, let's put it in this way. If it's called Web3, that means that there was a Web1 and a Web2. Right. So if we understand this uh, uh, evolution, we would re- uh, easily understand what is the Web3 and why this is a, something important that we need to pay attention to. Let's say around uh, at the end of the 80s, uh, 1989 or something, that's a time that mm, the Internet became commercially available to the public. Around that time until like 2005 or so, which uh, was the birth of social media uh, and the, uh, the whole concept of user-generated uh, generated, uh, content economy. During this period, the internet, as we remember, or at least people who are as old as me that they remember <laughs> that era, it was a very aesthetic internet meaning that you could just only consume the information that someone had uh, put it there on a specific website. That's uh, why we call it, uh, quote-unquote, a read-only internet. You could only consume. Mm-hmm. Then from 2005 until now, the internet that we have it, especially as I was saying with the rise of social media, then YouTube came in, then Facebook came in. So you would be able not only to consume but also create, but also participate. So this became a big shift from uh, read only to read and write. Now you can also participate. And then uh, uh, the situation, especially we saw it in the last uh, few years from uh, some cases in the political uh, spectrum to some in the medical spectrum, some in for any different reasons, as we saw, if you look at it objectively and you put your, um, let's say, political and social um, points of view aside, what happened was that uh, some politicians, some uh, doctors or some content creators in general they were uh, silenced, or it's better to say they were censored by the <laughs> platforms. Again, put the if it, uh, the, your um, political, social um, perspective aside. What happened here, it was like, okay, wait a minute. I was creating that content. I put that video that, uh, on YouTube. I put that tweet on Twitter. It's a content that I create that this is my content, but this it w- it was a very clear example showing that it's actually, no, you create it, but you don't own it. The platforms mm-hmm. own it. You have access to them. They give you an yeah. access. So this was a big problem over here for a lot of the uh, technologies. Uh, and then 
we we they also uh, considering we, we can also dig into the digital identity part, which is a very fascinating um, topic for me. We started seeing the new version of the internet coming to the place that it's not only uh, it's not read only, it's not read and write. It became <laughs> read, write, and own. So now, with this new uh, version of the internet, you can consume the the information that is on the internet. You can put your uh, participation, your contents on the internet, your data on the internet. But who is going to be the owner? Not a website that you put it on, but you are going to be the owner of the data. And that is the... very fundamental change, a shift that we see that is happening thanks to the blockchain technology. And that is the future that we're going uh, like towards. Yeah, like it's a huge shift. Like when you compare huge it with the shift. first years, like overall the internet as it is, it changed the world we live in. Like 100%. nobody can argue with that. If But, it was not because of internet, you wouldn't be uh, me and you. We wouldn't be able to even know that uh, each like uh, such person existed. Exactly. But I mean, why is Web three important for businesses and business leaders? It's like saying that why the user generated content is important for uh, businesses in two thousand six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve. It's the same concept. Because if the uh, shift of the internet is going that way, you need to adapt as well. And in this case, and this also, the same thing that happened with the Web 2, it not only allowed you to have to act, to have an interaction in a different way with your uh, consumers or clients, let's say even B2B with your clients, mm-hmm. but also create a new revenue streams and a lot of new businesses thrived yeah. and they, they created new you're talking uh, B2B uh, over here how many B2B companies that they also even became a billion dollar companies became unicorns they were created thanks to the infrastructure that the web 2 gave them that the web 1 was not uh, able to give them companies that they were able to create SaaS products that uh, help companies for their sales funnel that should uh, connect them to different social media channels, for example. With Web1, yeah. you were not able to do it. Same concept. There are new uh, ways of interacting with your clients and there are new opportunities to even build new businesses or new business units. Yeah. So can you give me an example of a Yeah, new way to interact with the customers. So think about it uh, in this way. If you're, imagine you're, um, let's go for a, trying to give you an example that is more practical, tangible. Uh, if you're an artist, you're uh, yeah. in a sense of you're a singer. If you're a singer, because I have some friends that they uh, produce music, And 
with the current situation, the way that it works, they produce the music, then there is a middleman normally, apart from the management, then there's a recording company, then there, there's a distribution, then there is the these platforms like Spotify, and then for every mm-hmm. uh, stream that you uh, have, then you may get a fraction of a, a dollar. And then in order for you to make some money, you created the art. But um, the majority of the value goes for the people in the middle that take your art and give it to the uh, end user. So with this situation, what happens is now you would own your uh, piece of art be it your music, for example, in this example. And then you would be able to, and your fans can uh, be able to uh, buy uh, the piece, the original piece of art directly from you. Mm -hmm. And the best part of such a thing for the uh, creators, it becomes the royalty part, which is, let's let's say uh, you're a manufacturer of, uh, an, an example, I see you're wearing glasses yeah. uh, or you're wearing a watch. What happens uh, to the uh, secondhand market? Uh, uh, some of the, it's a very big market here in Milan, for example, for vintage uh, sunglasses or uh, secondhand watches. If you, if you buy a, a Rolex watch for, let's say, um, ten thousand dollars, and then you go and in the secondhand market there is a, a demand for it, and then you go and sell that uh, watch for twenty thousand dollars. That ten thousand dollars that an individual over here had over a value that was created by the creator in this example, Rolex. What percentage of it went to? Rolex zero. Yeah. And then this transaction can go from one person to so many others in the future as well. And the, the manufacturer in this example only had a piece at the very beginning, at the first sale. With this new technology, what you can create, uh, you can create uh, that's uh, you can uh, put a percentage, which we, uh, we call them the royalty uh, fees. That when you sell the first item, the item for the first time, you define this is the price of the um, item, and mm-hmm. the price of the item includes ten percent, five percent, whatever uh, you define. The, uh, the creator defines five yeah. percent royalty. What does that mean? That means that if you buy it from me, uh, I'm the artist. You buy it from me for ten. Then if you sell it for 15, out of that 15, 5% automatically will go to the creator. That guy who bought it for 15, if he sells it again, even for 15, 5% will go to the creator. For every transaction, 5% will go to the creator for perpetuity, forever. This is something that that's why the term also smart contract comes into place because these contracts, these agreements are smart. 
So, yeah. and there is nobody in the middle say that, oh, did you sell that? Let me see what percentage goes where. Mm -hmm. It's all through the software. Yeah, it streamlines the whole process. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, it's perfect for creators. But yeah, I wonder how it will look like for service businesses, for, for example. Uh, for a service business, imagine, for example, you're uh, doing courses. You would be able, and then uh, there are people mm, that they participate in your course to get a certification. You would be able to also register those certifications on the blockchain. And if you, uh, this is something that can uh, be verified without, nobody can copy your certification anymore, for example. This is because this is something can be verified if it's an original piece or not. Very Got easy. it. And Armin, what are the tactics that people can use to leverage Web3 in their business? Like if they want to start? I think there is no one size fits all answer. But what I can do is what I can tell to you or your audience in this case is to think Web3 as an infrastructure. Let me give you an example, because the last few years I've been doing a lot of uh, corporate trainings, uh, working with the mostly marketing sales uh, teams of different corporations, uh, mostly in Italy and France. There, there is this concept of digital transformation, that this digital transformation has been a very sexy term, and it was very sometimes very difficult for people to comprehend it. I can give you two examples and then I uh, connect this to the web three. Okay, sounds good. Two concepts, digitalization and digital transformation. What is digitalization? Digitalization is the idea, is the concept that technically you digitalize whatever processes that you have. So it's not a new process, it's not a new thing. It's just whatever you had, you digitalize it. It's good in so many cases, it saves you time and hassle, but there's nothing groundbreaking over there. You're doing the same thing, but in a like a, now in a digital version. Digital transformation, on the other hand, is not that, okay, whatever we were doing, let's just add a layer of digital to it. They're looking at uh, digital as an infrastructure. What can we do now that we were not able to do before? A very clear example that makes it um, very easy to comprehend is when you, for example, try to rent a car. Have you ever rented a car in your life? Yep, obviously. There you go. <laughs> uh, so 10 years ago, when you wanted to, 15 years ago, when you wanted to rent a car, what you had to do, you had to open, depends on your country, for example, in the US, uh, you had to open these yellow pages to find the phone mm -hmm. number of uh, the closest, find which uh, rental office is close to you. Then you had to call them during the working hours, of course, but then yeah. if they're not busy, they would answer. Then you had to get, hey, I want this, uh, I want a car for this period. Okay, for this period, we have this car and this car. This is the price. Okay, can you give me your credit card information? They would type it down and then they would maybe fax you something to sign and fax it back. 
And then you go there, you fill out some paper. It, 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 this was the process. Nowadays, how uh, it's going to work, you go on the website of that uh, car rental company, you choose the closest uh, office that you have to you or the one that you want. Then you uh, see what cars they have available. Then you choose that car. Then you put your credit card information and your uh, driver's license information. And then you submit it. They receive an email over there. Then you go there to uh, maybe also over there sign something. They check your documents. Then you pick up the car. <laughs> it's the same process. Nothing changed. We just digitalized it, which is fantastic. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. It's fantastic. Now at 2 a.m. in the morning, you can decide to uh, rent a car. You can do it. You don't have to wait for the uh, working uh, hours to make a phone call. Yeah. But it's the same process. Nothing groundbreaking happens here. But if you look at another company, I don't know uh, if you're familiar with, for example, uh, there's this company. Uh, you see it in New York. You see it also here in Milan, in Rome. It's called Car2Go. Yep. Car to go, they realized something. They were just like, wait a minute. In big cities now, a lot of people don't have a car, don't own a car, but they may need yeah. a car for short uh, few minutes, 10 minutes to go places. Yeah. And then uh, uh, these people, all of them, they have a, a smartphone in their hand. If they have a smartphone in their hand, it means that they have a GPS. If they have a GPS, we can also put a GPS on the car so we see where the car is. Oh, there is also IoT with the NFC chip. We can also, or the Bluetooth, we can uh, have them open and close the door of the car. And if yeah. they put the, the registration once with their uh, credit card and uh, driver's license, we know who these people are. And they created a business that 10, 15 years ago was not even imaginable. What they did, they used the new technologies as an infrastructure to build something that answers the needs of today. Doing a full circle, coming back to Web3, what we need to do, because uh, that's what I was saying, that it's not one size fits all. I don't know your business or, or uh, his or her business. Everybody's yeah. business is very different. What you can do is to understand what the Web3 characteristics are and see how you can apply these characteristics to your business. And with yeah. the more you understand these characteristics, the more understand the concepts in the Web3 world, then you would be able to better answer the fundamental question, which is, what would my business look like if I would have built it today? Yeah, that's a very good question. And I like the point you made about the fundamentals, because it always ties back to that. Like if you get the fundamentals right, if you understand them correctly, then you can set yourself up for success. Like that's Absolutely. how it works. Absolutely. And for whoever might be interested as part of the European Web3 organization, one of our main goals is to provide free education to uh, European citizens. And we, if you go to europeanweb3.org, over there on the uh, resources section, you can find the ebook that uh, we prepared. Uh, it took us a, a lot of time to simplify these concepts. It's called Web3 Made Easy. You can download that for free. 
That's a book that I suggest whoever is interested into Web3 world. It's, it's, that book is going to give you the fundamentals. And when you understand the fundamentals, the next step, okay, I want to try to see what new business model or what new business unit or a completely new project. I want to try to build that, but I don't have the tools to better understand how to do it. We also developed a free tool over there. It's called uh, Web3 Business Design Canvas, similar to uh, Business Model Canvas, but vertically designed for the Web3 world. That, again, on the resources part of the European Web3 organization, you can download that for free. Awesome. I will include the links in the description of this podcast so people can yeah, just open it Beautiful. and find them. Beautiful. And, Armin, what do you think, like, what will the next five years, let's say, look like when it comes to Web3 and yeah, the more traditional businesses? So let's say we have banks, we have old manufacturing companies. Like, how will they adapt? The fact is, there are two layers. The layer, one of the most important parts that we're focusing right now is the education part. The education on, because there are two fronts, individual citizens, companies. Mm-hmm. Companies need to get uh, to understand the basics and then hands-on working on tools similar to what we're providing to see what they can provide for their uh, customers, B2B or B2C. On the other hand, the education for the individual citizens, the reason we're pushing that is a lot of regulations are coming, especially on the European level. And people are not even informed what's being regulated. They don't even understand what's being regulated. They may not be in favor of some of these regulations, but it might be too late by the time that they're being informed about this. So one of the reasons that we're pushing right now, we have this saying, we say education before regulation is mm-hmm. to make sure that enough people understand it so if there is going to be any regulation, they at least can say, yes, no, I want this, I'm, I don't want that. Or if a politician suggests certain regulation, they can at least understand the motives of that uh, politician. On the other hand, one thing that I see, it's a very, very fine line. One thing that I see a lot of companies get stuck in is that, oh, we need to educate our customers. We need to, wrong, wrong. Because you don't need to educate your customers on Web3. The only thing you need to do, you need to create a very, very simple to use product that they're just hooked on the product and they don't, you don't need to educate them how to use it. One of the main reasons, in my opinion, that all the shift uh, and the hype, which I'm happy a lot of the people that they were in the hype of Web3, now they move to AI, so just like cash grabbers and whoever was following a trend, was for one major reason, which was ChatGPT. ChatGPT, the 
breakthrough that ChatGPT had was that it was so simple to use. It didn't, they didn't, OpenAI didn't try to educate the market, oh, what is AI, what does machine learning yeah. can do? They just create a very simple product that everybody can use. We're still missing a ChatGPT in the Web3 world. And a lot yeah. of people put their focus on educating the people instead of creating something simple that can be used by many. Yeah. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Like, it's a brilliant, brilliant point that you brought up. Because ChatGPT, like everybody is talking about it. But I was thinking that in Web3, we missed something like that. But actually, exactly. there was... A, there wasn't anything like that yet. There was not. Like, and either, either it was a bubble of nerds or it was become something too complicated that, uh, for the uh, masses to use. So that's why I'm saying like there are two layers. Education, but education that we are doing for the public is something. Education we're doing for the uh, corporations is another thing. But the corporations, uh, companies, they don't need to focus on educating their customers. They just need to focus on creating something easy to use. This yeah. doesn't only apply to Web3, as you see with AI or any other thing that you do. You don't need to educate your customers on the technologies you use. Just yeah. use that technology to create something of value for your customers. Yeah, like the fact is that the people who care about technology... Those are mostly the developers. Like nobody else looks at it. Like in who want sales, the results and yeah, in sales and marketing, we say don't try to sell the features, sell the benefits. Exactly. Because features is something you care about. They don't care about the features. They think like, what's in it for me? What can it do for me? I don't care how it works. Uh, is it? gonna help uh, me in any shape or form so Armin I love the whole conversation but please tell me what do you think yeah what's the biggest takeaway you would like the audience to have from this the biggest takeaway is that web3 is not a fact and it's not gonna go away it's not all the negative stuff that you see, the scams of FTX and stuff. Look at Web3 as an infrastructure. Web3 is not only uh, monkey JPEGs that you can uh, mint, uh, register on the blockchain in the for, uh, form of a non-fungible token and uh, trade them for millions of dollars. Look at Web3 the same way that I, uh, I was explaining the concept of digital uh, transformation. Look at it as an infrastructure, understand the fundamentals, and then see how you can apply it to your business. Or the uh, question that we have, what would your business look like if you would have uh, built it today with the information that you have today with the technologies that you have access to today. Brilliant. Like, I really loved it. So, Armin, the last question for today, like, where can people find you and how can you help them with Web3 and everything else? Well, uh, LinkedIn is the best place. And also I have a very particular name. So if you Google, my name is not that easy to find me. Yeah. Um, 
And in terms of how we can help, as I said, like you, uh, through the European Web3 organization is a non-for-profit organization. We support uh, European citizens and European professionals uh, in this um, process. I'm also a part of this company called Glam Blocks that we do for companies who are interested. Uh, we do uh, kind of custom consultancy. We we perform a course and a workshop, hands-on, making our hands dirty with companies in order to understand what are uh, the possibilities, what they can and cannot do in the Web3 world. And then if needed, we're helping them also to build the solutions. Awesome. So I will include all the links in the description. There will be quite a few of them, but <laughs> yeah, it will be easy to find Armin. So. Thank you very much for today and for explaining the whole topic and giving so many examples because it really, yeah, you explained it in such a way that I think everybody will understand the role this of Web3. This is the whole concept. This is the whole concept. And last thing I add is what we understood, especially for the education to the B2B world, majority of the people in the B2B, these are people um, that are very smart if they build a company uh, to be where they are or if they're a manager of a company at a certain level, that uh, automatically shows that they're smart people. But if they're smart people, doesn't mean that they know everything. Then, uh, I always try to think of like, if I have my cousin who's a um, pharmacist, who's brilliant, he's even smarter than me for sure. But like, he doesn't know anything about Web3. How am I going to explain Web3 to him? This was my whole concept. And like coming from the educational background, because I have the, uh, I've been teaching in different universities the last 10 years. Coming from corporate trainings, understanding the, con uh, the language of corporations and the managers uh, in, in different levels and understanding the technology Putting all these things together, we created this whole the book and stuff. We, we, I found myself in a position, I called it a bridge. Yeah. To just, instead of scaring people with some uh, crazy yeah, technical word, buzzwords and try to show that, oh, I'm, I look sophisticated and stuff, try to just simplify it so they understand that they can create value with you. Yeah. It will be much easier to get the buy-in this way. Like, 100%. first you have to make people understand and then they will follow. You just need to, in, the, in terms of the companies, as I was saying, the companies need to understand the fundamentals. Then they need to make their hands dirty to better uh, see what they can and cannot build. Then what they create for their customers needs to be the easiest thing for the customers to adapt and use. Yeah. Awesome. I think that's the perfect spot to end this conversation on. Like, Thank you once again for today. Thank you and for having me. See you on LinkedIn. Cheers. Thank you for listening to this episode of Be a B2B Leader. If you liked this episode, make sure to leave a review in your favorite podcast app. Also, if there is something you would like to learn, let me know. After all, we are building a knowledge base for B2B.